You are now listening to Out of the Blank. 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 Welcome to another episode of Out of the Blank Podcast. I'm here with Julian Warden. Hello, 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 hello. Do you usually like get a sense of authority with your name? Because I feel like with Warden, like you just feel like you own a prison and you probably have multiple side bitches. I don't feel <laughs> I don't feel um the authority. However, I've definitely been in situations like in high school, people would be like, Where are the prisoners, Warden? Like, and they would capitalize to shit on my name. Um, and it that, was, I mean, that's better than my name. People would look at me like, your parents named you Robbie Robertson. I was like, yeah. <laughs> They're like, did they just hate you? And I was like, it's kind of a family name. So like, oh, no, you're a junior. I was like, no, no, no. You have to have the same middle name. And that always brings up the question, what's my middle name? And Yeah, at least you're not Philip Phillips. That guy is a bad. Yeah, that guy seems like a the, thug. The American Idol guy. Yeah. Pe- yeah, but people that have the, like, the, the first name and then their last name is like the same thing, it, they end up doing something bad down the road. So let's just wait till I'm 30. You'll probably see me on television. Yeah, you'll just you know, end up killing a bunch of people. It'll be whatever. He okay. tricked all the toddlers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Why do you have to choose that? <laughs> well, it's the easiest ones, man. I'm sorry. I don't want to fight anybody bigger than me. It would be scary. Well, Julian, tell me a little bit about yourself and if you want, what you do professionally. Um, well, I okay. Um, I'm a musician. Um, I, I play guitar and I sing. I used to play guitar in a band called Dumpweed that has recently ended. Um, and I am the vocalist of a metalcore band called Pathetic Fallacy. Um, started good to playing guitar when I was six. Um, and since then, I've just been, I was off and on for a few years uh, when I was younger because, you know, you're younger, you don't know what the fuck you want to do. Um, and then eventually I, I latched onto it pretty hard and I don't know, maybe in like early high school. And then, um, at some point after that, and I think it was the Christmas of 2014 is when I got, um, my first pieces of beginner, um, recording equip- equipment. Cause I mentioned to my mom that I was interested in getting started in that kind of thing. And, um, I figured, you know what, I, I want to just give it a shot. So she ended up investing in some nice stuff for me and, uh, I got started and I think she was half it later after the fact she told me she was kind of expecting me to get really confused and just like ask her to bring it back. Um, but then I just, it, it went exactly the opposite and I just got really obsessed with it and started recording anything I could get my hands on. I would ask my friend, my one friend who was a singer, I asked her, I was like, you want to come over and record something? Like I was just really desperate to get my feet wet in it. And um, so I started doing that. Um, and then along the way, I discovered something called Nail the Mix, which is a, a really awesome online um, school for people who are introduced, interested in production and mixing and recording and pretty much anything related to audio. Um, and it's just a really productive online community with a lot of professionals who are just like just really cool overall people. And it's super supportive and you learn way more than you would in pretty much any other scenario um, over there. I have so many questions right now. One is Dumpweed's over with? No, no, no Dumpweed's not over with. Um, I'm just, they, they just, they're just replacing me because I, I, so the way it kind of worked was they, they started playing a bunch of shows. We, we're still like super good friends. I'm still producing them and it's, there's absolutely no uh, rocks on the road or whatever you want to say with that. Um, but it's just busyness, I guess, with school and all that probably got into the way. It was like, we need to focus on, you know, we need people to be attentive. That happened a few times with um, a band I was in. Um, a few members ended up leaving or something because everybody was interested in something different. People wanted either money. People either wanted the music of it. They loved the aspect of hanging out with their friends. And then mm-hmm. next, you know, some people just wanted to get drunk every single night. And that's when you have to start kind of all right, we need to separate some people. It's just everybody's head needs to be in the same thing. And like, especially with you, like you got school going on and then also creating studio beats, trying to find the time to be able to get up to that too. Yeah, for sure. It was definitely more of, I started to get more interested in producing is what it came down to. Um, And so I was pretty much just like, yeah, I would, I would love to be involved in other facets, like producing you guys and, you know, maybe social media at some points, but um, I'm just really not interested in, in being a, a live guitarist at the moment. And I'm still a vocalist in my band only because we're pretty inactive right now. We're kind of not really playing a whole bunch of shows because we're all kind of far away from each other. 
but um but yeah so recently i i um i i've been recording myself um dumpweed and um pathetic fallacy and my solo project and just getting my feet wetted with recording as much as possible producing as much as possible and i start i've been trying to um get into working with more local bands and um actually starting to have a real studio producer etc career um and now i'm operating under the name beneath the bunk studios and i have a youtube channel where i upload some production related content and um i do that i upload some excerpts on instagram too and yeah shameless plugs shameless plugs yeah yeah (laughs) well even with uh producing too it was funny you remembered like the day you got your equipment and everything like it was like d-day or something it just stuck out in your mind like oh that christmas yeah right it's exactly what it is and it's interesting too because like to see where you go with it i remember at one point i wanted to make studio beats like you get the whole uh beat tone box set up in front of you you know the little pad and everything Mm. you get the hit (laughs) my cousin uh when he lived with us for a short amount of time he actually was really interested in that and going like he would make some pretty good beats too he just wouldn't sleep he's kind of an insomniac like me and Mm. for me it was always too complicated i didn't know what to press what to line up which is kind of weird because my dad did it all the time when he would go out and dj gigs at night he would line up things with music to play on his computer have a pad and everything to be able to do that and i remember just being a kid and uh we're setting up for a bar gig like seven o'clock at night so there were some people there my dad was playing like low rider or something to get everybody pumped up and um I just started mixing a bunch of tracks together and it sounded like a freaking two cats on a train on fire. It was just the <laughs> worst thing in the world. And like, you expect your like dad to come over and be like, Oh, it's okay, buddy. It's okay. Like I got it. Let me, let me fix this real quick. Now he came over. Yeah. He's like, what the hell are you doing, dude? Like you not <laughs> have an ear for music. And I'm like looking at him like, damn son like that's deep <laughs> stuff. He's like, you're playing low rider. And then you got 600 bends playing at the same time. Just throwing two things on top of each other. Exactly. Just two different genres. But like I've been always really good at being able to read people like my dad does, which is the same thing when you're producing music too. You got to figure out which is your audience. Um, you know, you're like in a band like Dumpweed, for instance, you're going to be picking a punk, more of like an edgy kind of hardcore genre of audience members. So that's what you're going to market towards. But when you're doing your solo projects, what would you consider your solo projects more focused on? Well, my solo project's a little weird because, like I said, I'm not really that interested in in being an artist per se and and being like the guy everybody knows from X band or because they're the singer of at Y or whatever. Um, I'm kind of more interested with that and just exploring um, my creativity as much as possible. That's kind of what the aim is with that. So I'm not really aiming towards one specific thing. Um, I kind of go, I bounce around. Like I just put out one a song that's distorted, that's like kind of pop ish. And then gets heavier at the end, and then I have a a couple a one song that's like pretty much totally acoustic almost, um, and then I have another one that's like ridiculously heavy. So that's kind of what I was shooting for with that project is I want it to be really all over the place, and I would kind of want people to be like, "What the hell is going on here?" Because <laughs> it's like it's not really it's not really like that, you know? Yeah, well, that's the reaction I got with um. If you don't know John Frusciante, uh, the, the old guitar player i would say for the red hot chili peppers for a time um he went after he left the chili peppers and started producing his own music and i'm thinking well this guy's a badass guitar player it's got to play some red hot chili pepper vibes no not at all (laughs) it was probably some um i forgot who that famous painter is the one that goes like stir crazy and has some really weird like pornographic exotic art but that was basically his style like you listen to it the things like african throat singing as these weird like <laughs> wind wands in the background and a bunch of like these it's just the weirdest thing like you've ever seen any movie with a painter that just goes batshit crazy paints naked and like does all these weird rituals and animal sounds that was basically like listening to that album i was like what the hell is this but yeah. you know you got to give it a listen and a listen and then you start to understand where his mindset's at like it's trying to find your niche audience like when you're especially when you're starting out like if you're creating beats or anything like especially if you're a producer now everything is involved with social media there is not a damn thing you can even thrive with if you don't even touch social media bands like i've seen some bands that have been around for 10 15 years playing gigs all the time but their social media accounts are like 50 followers, 40 followers. I'm like, how the hell does this new band that has like a thousand, three thousand something followers have this? And they're like, oh, because when they go to their gigs and they play, they promote their social media accounts so people can follow them and stay up to date. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's, but, and even with stuff like that, though, like it's kind of interesting because every once in a while I do come across a local band that has 
a really sick crowd. Like there are people that are there to see them and they're obviously really into it. But then I check them out online and it's like, they really don't have anything going on. So sometimes it's rare, but sometimes I found that it actually is the reverse. Like there are people that just somehow get that in-person contact with people and they latch on to people and then people just come back and it's it's strange, but it happens. It's It's weird. It's weird, but the music community in general, just because of the fact is it's a very, very dog eat dog type of style of life that music really kind of is just the industry, not really what it's about. Um, music is supposed to be very enjoyable. It's supposed to hit you in a certain mood. I'm pretty sure we all have those songs or those things that we listen to when we're in a certain mood that really kind of cheer us up or let us at least peel the vibe out so we're not alone. But the industry has been so saturated for so long with trying to make money, trying to do this, that when everybody gets in there, all, the first thing, you know, everybody always wants to be rich, wants to be famous, wants to have women, wants to have all this type of stuff. And it's like you start out doing it for the love of music. But then once you start getting up there, it's like your whole roots kind of change. I've seen so many brands break up from it. Um, it's, you know, it's when people start doing solo stuff at the same time. It's like, cause you rather, you know, you know what you want, you know what you're trying to do and you're willing to put in as much as you can to do it. And you can't like listen or follow somebody that's in your group and not really trying to do the same thing. I mean, right. Yeah. I've seen people like for me, I was just there to kind of fill a spot in my brother's band. My brother was doing all the producing, trying to get every gig set up, trying to get all the songs going, make sure we're all at practice, setting up everything, coordinating everything because he cared the most of the group. And then we had one dude that we were doing it at his house and he would just show up like drunk or something and then just start mm. like just screaming into the microphone. He just wanted the fame aspect of it. And I'm like, yeah he didn't care. He was missing gigs. Next thing you know, we started getting into this breakup scenario and then bam, it's like, you know, you got to make sure everybody's headspace is in the same group. So that's why you see a lot of people nowadays becoming self producers. It's just, sure. it's so much fucking easier to worry just about yourself than somebody else. Yeah. I always say that, um, you can tell, you can easily tell how determined somebody is by, um, just taking a look at how much, money and time they're willing to put into what they're doing like you could have you could have these you know basement practices with your band and you guys are pretty good and you have some decent songs but at the end of the day like if nobody's like hey we get, we should book some studio time and we should you know split it four ways and then we'll get it done and then everybody's not pumped on that like there's instantly an issue there you know what i mean like if if money comes into the equation then anybody's like Mm, i'm not really sure like that's like, kind you, of did you a, just a hesitate flag. did you just hesitate yeah <laughs> you can't hesitate with these questions you got to figure out where you're at bro what are you in for i mean for yeah, me exactly. obviously it was like a fame aspect i love that but i mean i was producing music with my brother so you're looking at that as like this is a great way for us to bond especially if you have an older brother or something you know that kind of connection with it and like we, we never got along before so it was always cool to sit down you know and be able to do that but Man, it's it's difficult because it's the same thing like, you know, you're locked inside a house with your family members or doing something for longer than a week. Somebody's reaching for a butter knife. It's the same thing with the family of music musicians or something. You're all trying to create something. You're going to have who you like more in the group than everybody else or something. And those relationships you need to keep. But at the same time, it's difficult. You're going to fight. You're going to get into these, you know, spats or something. You just got to learn to get past it if you truly care about the music. For sure. That's definitely true. Now, when you get like are creating beats and stuff, what do you typically try and focus on? Like you said, your first thing is pop. Did you just do that because that seems like the easiest way to get like listens or followers because of just the age of kids that are listening right now? It's mostly pop music. Um. Well, no, not really. I don't really make decisions on what I do based on trends very often, if ever. Um. I didn't start with pop. I. I my most recent solo project is pop, but um. My my most recent solo project song is pop, rather. Um, but I did, I did start with rock and then slowly got progressively heavier and heavier. Um, and could you repeat the question? I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm well, still like, waking you're, up. you're creating a, a first thing in music. Okay. So you're creating, what was your, you said your first thing wasn't pop, but your recent one was pop. Did you just do your recent one because of the fact is pop oh, is right, right, right. trendy okay. right now? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think I just kind of, um, I, I got, I realized that I missed doing stuff with melody and that um metal and rock while it can have some decent cool melody um it's often some pretty hard-hitting stuff um most of the time i'm screaming and it's like 
it's, that's cool. I, I still like doing that, but I kind of missed having that, you know, hearing a really cool melody or making a cool melody and getting something from that and being like, holy crap, that's really cool. And it hits in a nice way. And I think I kind of overcorrected a little bit, not in a bad way, but, um, and just dramatically went in the other direction and started experimenting with like, you know, keyboard synth sounds and just like anything that was more light and just writing on an acoustic guitar and recording that and then changing that so that the notes on the acoustic guitar are now notes on a synth instead just to play around with it and then singing over top of that and then playing around with harmonies and it kind of just spiraled and I was getting whatever I was getting I was never really like okay I'm gonna sit down and write a pop song like I can't I can't do that with any genre really like if I sit down and I'm like I'm gonna write a pop punk song today I'm gonna end up writing like a metalcore song for some reason like that's that's happened before like it, it does it just doesn't work for me I kind of just have to sit down and just let as corny as it sounds and I hate saying this just let the music take me like wherever it takes me and then it and then it happens and then I'm where I end up and then I put it out and then that's what it is <laughs> you know I get that way when I like I remember trying to create music back in the day you know you have the garage band app on your iPad or something you just start uploading beats and trying to create something I remember getting so super stoned where I was trying to think I was doing really good. Like I could sense the music of where to put in the drums and the guitar. And then I list, like, I didn't even listen to it the next day. My brother, cause I was babysitting his dog at the time. So I was just like fucking around on his iPad and uh, he came back and he was like, what the hell is this? And starts playing, dude, it sounded so much better when I was high. It sounded like it was like, I thought I wrote a masterpiece. Like I was Leonardo da Vinci in the I think we've all been there. Uh, the Mona Lisa was just created, but he was like, what the hell were you doing? And it's like, yeah. like drums are going off when they're not supposed to be going off guitars going in. It's like, you can't hear a single word. It's like, if you just told everybody in a room to play an instrument at the same time, as loud as they possibly could. So like a middle school band class. And then like you look at uh, things like, um, especially producing wise, like as an artist, the greatest movie that kind of shows it to light and how kind of weird the industry is, is that movie with um, Dewey Cox, John C. Riley plays. I'm not familiar. He starts off like it's like a Johnny Cash kind of parody movie, but he starts off like an original kind of a slow song in the beginning, like when he's a kid at a talent show talking about like i want to hold your hand it's all about holding a girl's hand and then everybody's getting up and screaming at him you're playing the devil's music you're talking about holding hands and uh and then it's like it's his slow progression going out on his own then he creates a song called walk hard which is like his major hit and everyone loves it and then you see him he dives into like lsd with the beatles and then you just see his whole brain and his whole music genre twist and he was like he had I think over 150 instruments in one room trying to play a song. The whole band's listening to it. Like, what the fuck? And he's like, we need an army of didgeridoos. And it's <laughs> oh like, God. whoa, like you're on too much PCP or LSD right now, man, <laughs> to understand what's going on with the music. But some people have that ear for it, like tuning a guitar. You know, some people are able to hear it and get it down. And some people need a tuner. For sure. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's something to be said for that, like experimenting like that. I know like however many didgeridoos, like that's insane. But like, you know, you got to do what you got to do to let the creativity flow sometimes, man. Like there's a, like I know I, I've heard Dimebag Daryl was like, he'd have a friggin' guitar next to his toilet. Like that, that's insane. Like he'd, he would literally have a guitar in every single room of his house. So if anything idea struck, any idea struck, he'd just be like, oh, I got it. And then he could run into record it, I guess. And it's just, it's crazy, man. People do some weird stuff. Like you mentioned uh, being a night owl and like being up in the middle of night at the very beginning of this. And I, that reminded me of Dead Mouse. I watched, a, he did a master class and I saw some clips of it. And he talked about um, how he would sometimes just write uh, productions in the middle of the night. And that's when he loved doing it. Like five in the morning, four or five in the morning. Just because like your brain is just so in autopilot mode at that point. That like you're barely even in control of what you're doing and that's just that's like a really unique mindset to create music and like people do some weird stuff to make themselves creative for sure do you like that whole techno genre um i don't i've never really explored it um I, I i don't i'm not opposed to it i think i like it more i'm not really into listening to straight up instrumental edm like that's not really my thing but um i do like some like techno influenced pop like i think when it i like it more when it's an influence and not when it's just that you know what i mean 
Yeah, like I like the song Bundem by uh, Damian Marley and Skrillex. That was a pretty good one when it came out. Uh, but Skrillex alone, it's very, very difficult for me to listen to. Right. Just because yeah. it's like the same kind of like these weird high pitched, like, you know, I get it for some people that like in like listening to it. Like, I mean, I had a point where I was like, first of the year was amazing. But then it's like, you keep listening to it and listening to it. It's like, man, it's just the same. Like, it's just, it's not, there's no like in my mind of creative um flow to it such as like if you're making music you hear a guitar a guy linking up his guitar to um produce a song or something and turning it into an audio file or whatever you want to say he's actually playing that instrument and trying to get it down and then he's trying to time everything perfectly and light it up into a track like that makes a lot more sense when you're going to studiotize it that way plus like when you go to a concert like that it's just a dude tapping a button on a fucking keyboard and you're like, what the hell? Like he's dancing around the whole time and he's not, he's just tapping one button and everybody's freaking out like he's doing so much. But I mean, there's probably a lot more work behind it. I don't truly understand, but yeah, me, there's like, there's some serious, it's seriously different um, for sure. Like the, there's, I think there's a similar amount of work involved in both like the guitar versus the having the, you know, the wub wubs and the dubstep wub wubs. Um, that's what I like to call them. Um, that's what it is but, yeah pretty much um and, and yeah i mean what i think what i think you're not doing with acoustic instruments in that genre you're doing with sound design and um that can definitely play a role because i can no doubt like throughout parts of his career say that he's probably struggled with creating a different wub wub sound creating something that sounds different than the last one because a lot of them you know that sound is that sound you got to create different little ways to change it kind of and and you know sound design is a whole nother animal so it's it's definitely two different beasts for sure it's pretty well, weird. what would you say one of your most favorite songs that you've made so far is i think the one that i'm about to come out with um on the 31st i'm doing i'm trying to i haven't really officially announced this anywhere because i don't want to um it's in an exclusive I, case, <laughs> but um um i'm trying to release a song on or at least release something on the last day of every month this year um and i've i've made it so far um i just haven't really said that because i don't want to risk that i for some reason fall off the train then whatever i don't do it um because i don't really mind if that happens like right now i'm feeling that maybe by the end of the year i'm like uh, i don't really care if i get there or not but I'm, I'm trying to do it i have the momentum um and i'm just i'm just going for it and that's definitely yeah i'm, I'm most excited about what the one i'm about to put out in a week it's called trouble in paradise why do you call it trouble in paradise what is it what is the sound of it uh so it's it's definitely probably the most pop oriented thing i've written because the last one was like kind of rap ish but um it was it has like a definitely like a harder edge to it a harder rock edge to it towards the end it totally just evolves into this rock part that doesn't even resemble the rest of the song um but this one is kind of just about like you know you're having trouble in paradise it's like about um you know, they say that to people when they're having trouble with their significant others or um, that kind of thing. So it's about just observing another relationship outside of your own and and being like kind of it's it has a mocking tone to it. Like it's it's kind of condescending sometimes. Um, and it's just like, yeah, it's pretty much just like looking at a relationship that you think is dumb or doesn't make any sense. And you think somebody involved is making a mistake. But at the end of the day, it's none of your business. So it's just it just is what it is. Um, and you know, you're having trouble in paradise cause it's just not going the way that it should, you know, I always like when I'm hearing like somebody create an original song, even if I don't truly enjoy it, I like thinking of their brain process behind how they like uncovered something like that. Like I remember, like, I'll ask you this question. Um, there's a certain moment. I remember I was in Hawaii for the first time with my brother. Uh, so he's probably maybe 20 years old, maybe, yeah, 20 years old, 19, I was 15 or 14 at the time, um, or 15 or 16. And uh, we're sitting on the balcony, just like looking, watching the sunrise or really sunset go down. Um, you know, you get to see that yellow, orange glow hit like the back part of your, like, you know, the sliding glass back doors you have to get onto a patio on a hotel. Well, that's what we were looking at. And we get to see an overview of the water and everything. So we're sitting on the back porch, just in these like uh, deck chairs or whatever. And we're on like the 15th floor or something. We're just looking out and like he just starts playing with his ukulele that he wanted so badly. 
Um, so like go to Hawaii, let's go to a ukulele store, had like its own tuner built in and everything. Starts just plucking this little rhythm out of nowhere. And then we're singing a song called Island Time. And like, I still remember some of the few words to it, even though he was like, it was just a dumb song. I was like, dude, to me, that meant a lot. Cause it was like the whole overall experience and vibe in general, it was like perfect. Like, I mean, that whole day was like a shit show. And then at the ending, it was all wrapped up in like a two minute, three minute kind of like little riff that he was playing. Yeah, man, music is powerful, especially like it's just cool to have a different I think it it really does evolve around having those different perspectives. Like we're just watching like I I watch YouTube videos of people just like who just I'm going to write music now. Like it's just cool to watch. And and that's another reason I like now the mix so much is because it's like it's involved in one part of it is that you get to watch different producers um, talking about their approach for mixing a certain song and you get those tracks for that song so you get to mix it in one way and then you get to watch them do it over the course of like i don't know sometimes they're nine hour streams it's insane um and it's just really cool to be able to like incorporate so many tiny like grab a little trick from this producer and then grab a little you know session layout thing from this producer and it's just like you're grabbing from a gajillion different places and you're like slowly becoming this weird hybrid and it's just a really interesting way of gathering perspectives well they always say like all music is kind of taken from a bit of something else and i'm like yeah i get that but at the same time you legit just took 10 seconds from that track threw it on the yours and then took 10 seconds from another track and another song another song like that's fucking stairway to heaven don't don't give me that shit i can tell man but like that's the weird thing about like if you're going to produce studio beats or you're going to be your own like you know all these people saying like try my mixtape out just our technology is pretty cool that we can have the capabilities of being able to do that compared to back in the day you know a lot of people that wasn't an option for them but so many people out there are releasing content like it's a feeding frenzy like when you go and get runts from like one of those uh quarter machines out in front of a grocery store where you spin it and it's like a handful of runs you're like i didn't fucking want this many like i just wanted a few (laughs) that's what this has turned into it's like there's so much out there dude has 48 albums with 48 songs total it's like you have a fucking album a song man like what happened to waiting and building up a a, like a playlist and then releasing it's like oh these are my special eps i'm like they're not that much different from (laughs) the originals like you added what one more instrument or you added a different tone and that you call that a different song it's still the same beat still the same notes you know you just change the pitch of it it's like there was an one dude called his album baked potato and he had one song on it and it was like the song was called baked potato he had gr- amazing art on the cover of it i mean it was a baked potato it looked pretty actually pretty cool like i'd pick it up in a store or something like, that's that's weird and then um i started listening to it. it has nothing no vibe of a baked potato not at all i i didn't <laughs> i didn't hear an oven timer go off i didn't hear anything yeah, i was gonna say what does a baked potato sound like <laughs> exactly and let me tell you it doesn't sound like that it was sounded like you're going <laughs> through a wind tunnel and someone just hit the brakes on a train that's fantastic but yeah i could see what you're saying with the um putting out like you know 48 albums 48 songs whatever um i think there is something to be said for the way that releasing music has changed though because there we are slowly drifting out of this um you know tour for half a year and then record an album for half a year and then put out that album like it's kind of slowly slipping away from that not really for bigger bands because they have the following and their fans are used to them um putting out albums and you know they can they can go a few months without doing anything and then release something and then still have a fan base when they come back it's not the end of the world but for for i think slowly for local artists and for anybody that's trying to make a name for themselves it's kind of becoming harder and harder to to work with that album format because people have such such short attention spans and they have even shorter attention spans when they're talking about things that um when when they're involved in things that aren't things that everybody else loves like for example um you're talking about uh i don't know metallica that's just the first band that came to mind like it's easy to like metallica part of the reason it's easy to like metallica is so many other people like metallica they are awesome obviously but like it, it's much easier to latch on to what i'm trying to say is it's much easier to latch on to something that you know everybody else loves so in this context it's like it's slowly becoming the way the the way of the the road to put out a song frequently and just making it as good as possible in as short as time of a time as possible that's the key really 
um, and then just releasing consistently so that people constantly have something to keep their attention on. Well, what do you, what would you say um, would be your most memorable song? Cause I think we were talking about with the disconnect that people tend to have with their attention spans right now and the music that gets produced. I thought was the best part about music was the most relatable things about it. Like I remember um, my best friend, uh, you know, Skylar George, shout out to him. Very first episode of the podcast. Um, he, his brother was like a radio DJ from 1 a.m. to 3 a.m. So I remember spending the night at his house and it, it, all you would hear were these loud ass beats, like, like just, I mean, like crazy. And he was always talking about like all these studio things and all these like people that were listening to him. But what I was listening to it, I was like, to me, I didn't understand it. Maybe just someone else got it. But like, what really got me was like the days of like Green Day when you're going through the teenage fucking angst and, you know, and then like Metallica, not even Metallica, Avenged Sevenfold, so far away, that song about their friend that passed away. And it was like so deep and emotional where you listen to it. And if you've ever went through something like that, like I have, you will like connect to that fucking song. It'll bring you to tears a little bit. Yeah, I think for me, as far as my most memorable song goes, I don't know, it's hard because like I sort of don't really I feel like this is an unpopular opinion, but I, I don't really build an emotional connection to a lot of the songs that I write, especially when, um, for example, I've written songs about fictional things like I, for Pathetic Fallacy, we have a song called 2018, and that was um, based off the plot of the book 1984 by George Orwell. And um, fucking teaching history like, in a song, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. So it was um, <laughs> hold on a second. I'm all, I'm just a bill on top of Capitol Hill. <laughs> that's a fire mixtape <laughs> what is that did you just come up with that are you you don't know that song no i don't know oh my <laughs> god middle school dude i'll never forget because the teacher was hot as hell she goes <laughs> i'm gonna this is how a bill gets made and it's just a piece of paper cartoon animation of a bill sitting on it shows you the process of how a bill gets made and the song is just this weird fucking song you gotta look it up after this where he's like i'm just a bill on top of uh, capitol hill and i'm like it got uh, stuck in my head forever <laughs> that's so bad but uh but yeah so i kind of don't really I don't really build an emotional connection to songs like that. It's like I, the same way, like I can't hold a grudge against anybody. Like if somebody makes me, you'd have to do something really, really bad for me to like hate you for the rest of my life. So it's kind of like, it's kind of like that. Like it sort of just drifts out of my consciousness and I don't really think about it as much as I used to. Um, especially cause I'm constantly moving on to other things. Like I put out a song and I'm like, okay, cause start time to start working on this next thing. Like it's not, I don't really sit there and, and think about it, but I think, as far as the, my favorite thing I've ever written, it's you. The answer is usually what I'm about to put out, like because that's where I am right now. You know what I mean? Like it's where I just finished working on that. Yeah. So I think I think anytime anybody answer asks me that question for the rest of the time, it will be what I'm about to put out because it's it's just where I am. Okay, you took that question a different way than I intended, but that's <laughs> all right. What I wanted to say was, what was your most memorable song as a kid? Like listening to a song, not your own. Oh, oh, oh! oh. I thought you were yeah, sorry. I thought I you were asking about tossed myself. out Avenged Sevenfold and how that song meant a lot to me because it was like losing a friend. And you're just like, I don't have you any know, memorable it songs. I was like, no, wait, hang on. <laughs> you know, it would have made sense for me to pick up on that context clue. Um, okay, you're 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 an artist. That's what happens. You don't <laughs> you don't you like to listen to your own stuff. That's how I was when I was creating songs. I was like, this is my, I'm gonna listen to this song over and over and over again because I'm in it. I just like it a lot more, even though it was completely awful. Yeah, yeah. So I, as far as the answer to that question, I think um, I would say "Welcome to the Jungle" by. Uh, Guns N' Roses because really? as corn as funny as that sounds I it was kind of Guns N' Roses is like the one classic rock band that I really like I don't I, I you know I grew up growing to music schools and everybody was um we would have recitals and every band was gonna play you know Led Zeppelin song or Pink Floyd song and it kind of just wore me out a little bit to the whole classic rock thing I, it's not really my thing um well, I mean but, Paradise City dude holy shit like oh a, yeah dude I, a yeah so mix if I've ever heard one take me down <laughs> yeah. to the Paradise City yeah it's fun and um i i've always had a soft spot for guns and roses um and i just i i think it's so memorable for me because i remember like learning it on my acoustic guitar when i was like seven and just like playing it on it which makes no sense but 
um, and, and playing it and, and just, and just rocking out to it, even though I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> Would you say that your music taste kind of changed from when you were a kid to where you're at now? uh yeah for sure like i never when i for example when i was younger like i would hear a song that had a scream in it and i would kind of tune out like i would be like eh, all right that's a little bit too extreme for me but yeah it reminds always... you of your parents shouting at you that's what's up <laughs> yeah it's just too intense it's 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 i think anybody most people who listen to that kind of music will tell you that it's an acquired taste like it's rare for somebody to hear a hardcore band and then be like i like hardcore like it's usually like very slow you get used to the sound of screams, you get used to that intensity and you're like, okay, this is pretty cool. I can latch onto this. So yeah, I definitely think I've evolved over the course of time. I like to think like when I took a college um, course called music appreciation, I was like, okay, we're appreciating music. I'm pretty sure I appreciate it enough. I mean, both my parents, were fucking, everybody's in a band or four or five different ones. It's like, I understand music pretty damn well. But then I started looking at it and I was like, wow, my tastes have completely changed from when I was a kid. When I got my first CD was a Beck CD. Um, I downloaded it to my Xbox because that was the only CD my brother would let me borrow. And I remember listening to, is it Girl? That one song over and over again. And then I remember getting my very first CD of my own that my dad gave me. It was a Black Eyed Peas CD. Freaking, I don't know how many times I listened to Pump It Up or something over and over again. And then, yeah, I listened to whatever my humps by uh, Fergie because, you know, she's good song i was a kid let me alone but like then as i got older trying to look at different songs as well like i mean even looking at event sevenfold then turning into like a giant reggae niche and everything too just the kind of weird taste that you kind of start to develop and like if you look at like when i took that music appreciation class orchestra music i never in my wildest dreams would i have thought that i would listen to anything that comes to a symphony that just seemed like a waste of time but when I was watching like this symphony play in my class, you're supposed to analyze different sounds was what the guy was telling us to do. Like, all right, you're section B, you're going to analyze the woodwinds and then all this. And he kept going online. And I had the percussion section, which has been a giant influence. It's the one instrument I really love to play. And I'm like watching it and I'm seeing all these people. I mean, violinists that are all perfect collaboration right on time so much practice that needed to be put in that then you look over and you see the dude playing like a trombone or a trumpet face fucking red as a cherry like looks like he's about to pass out the dude's like 74 but he's blowing that thing like a freaking high school girl or something and i'm like watching it and i just go out it's it's like just this music playing i just go in the middle of class i go where's my boy playing the triangle and as a joke next thing i know all you hear is I'm like, oh, there's that motherfucker right there. And then, like, it was just the funniest thing ever because, like, even that guy had, up like, a giant part to play. Like, without that, it would have sounded a little bit different. It's like music, no matter what instrument you play, they always say, like, oh, pick guitar because you'll get the chicks or do this. And I'm like, yeah, but everybody kind of matters because that sound is needed to create that environment or anything. And sometimes taking out a sound can change up the whole song to it, you know, like acoustic versions. When you turn it into acoustic instead of electric guitar, next thing you know, there's a whole different vibration to it. You got to change up the whole song. Yeah, I think even especially in the case of a, of a symphony and in the case of like so many parts of you know, little parts working together to make this one thing. It's so meticulously crafted to create textures, to create moods, to create everything. It's like, you can't really take one thing out because it's just missing and it's just going to sound empty. And especially in the case of like a rock band, for example, like people don't understand how, how much a bass player even like matters. Like you, you take the bass out. It's like thin. It sounds really weak. And you're like, not, you go from bobbing your head to like, being like uh this is a little there's there's some problems here they need to sort out you know what i mean so it's like definitely really cool to see every every little thing interacting properly when someone's able to craft that i thank you for saying that because i play bass and everyone always says so bass oh you're the bass player i'm like what the fuck is <laughs> that supposed to mean man like i do i do play a part in this band yeah it's important for sure I remember going to a talent show when I was a kid, um, watching my brother play. He played acoustic. He played a Green Day. That's like 21 Guns or something. And then, um, so after that was over with, I remember this big dude. I mean, this guy was like, he's just a 
really big dude, like kind of nerdy glasses. Um, he was supposed to be a senior or something. It seemed a little bit awkward, but he sat up on this piano and he played by Coldplay scientists. Dude, I have never been so touched like deep emotionally by a person playing a song before that I had to go look up that song and listen to it. And I still think he did a way better version. Like he went all out, like singing it just didn't give a shit. And that's what I love to see. Like we had a kid, um, he actually came onto my podcast. Name's Drew Lido, but he would listen like, you know, glasses, giant Batman headphones on in the middle of class, yeah. <laughs> like kind of jamming out to Eminem songs and he would write raps and stuff. I will mm. never forget how people used to like just throw lash at him. I talked about it with him too. I was like, you didn't give a shit, dude. And that was the awesomest thing because I would try and tap on his shoulder be like, Hey man, like, dude, did you know, um, like they're making fun of you. He's like, I don't give a shit. And he's like, yells at me. I'm like, I'm dude, I'm trying to fucking help you, man. Like whatever, dude. But it's the whole thing, not giving a shit what people exactly. think. You just do it because you love it. He stood up in front mm -hmm. on our senior year in front of everybody in assembly and rap like Eminem. I swear to you, it wasn't an Eminem song, but had a song that was like such fast lyrics that I was looking at him like, damn. And everyone was cheering him on. He had so much respect for after that because it took a lot of nice. balls to get up and do that. Yeah, I think I, I definitely, if there's one group of people I envy most in the world, it's the people that can really do whatever they want and not give a second thought to anything. Those it's people so that run down the hallway like Naruto, those are the motherfuckers yeah. <laughs> that are going to make it somewhere in life. We Everybody made fun yeah, of those people running like ninjas, but I'm like, those people literally didn't give two shits. <laughs> yeah, and it's going to get them far for sure. They're either going to make it somewhere in life, like an investment banker doing some awesome stuff on the side, or they're going to end up going to jail trying to stab a bunch of people with shurikens. You don't know, but life tends mm. to come out with the weirdest scenarios. <laughs> For sure. Crazy stuff happens. Now, do you tend to when like we were talking about writing in the middle of the night or something like kind of like how you're talking about like I don't sleep or something and kind of coming up with inspiration and uh, Dead Mouse even for like writing his songs in the middle of the night. When you're producing mm -hmm. something, do you have to be in a certain vibe or a certain kind of mindset to be able to create something like you ever have writer's block? Yeah, um, I I think I'm one of those people that I I don't know. I people some some people give me shit for this, but I, I don't think I don't I don't really believe in writer's block because I think I think it's writer's block is kind of just another way of saying you're not having a good day it's called indigestion um, yeah kind of and and you're just and and you're just in a bad place and it, it kind of just happens to everybody and it's like why do we have to put such a horrible name on it why can't we just say i didn't come up with anything good today and that's what's going to happen like creativity is a finite resource um so it kind of makes sense but as far as the vibe that i I'm, i create and i definitely like to be um in my room and not like in my, I, I only say that because like I'm comfortable in here. Like if I if I need to plug in a microphone, I know exactly where to go. Like if I were to move somewhere else, like it just creates like this strange little divide that like I don't have this ability to just know what I want to do and instantly do it without having to think. Like it sort of just changes things up. And you know I have a nice lava lamp in here. I have some LED lights, and it just it kind of just makes it a cool it's it's hard for me to after that it's kind of hard for me to create in a room where it's just like white walls and it's just like a desk and and that's it like you kind of need some sort of inspiration that's not there's horrible. no history in the room is what i would say like i have this in my podcast studio there's always been this one table it it's not the best looking table i can obviously get a better one that would be more suited for me doing this whole scenario but from my very first podcast and like kind of like the ones after it, like when I was doing it in person, for instance, like I had a little mobile recorder, my Zoom that I would have on the table. My buddy spilt fucking coffee on my table. So for 10 minutes of that episode, it's me complaining about what he just did. Like, really, man? Like, you had to fill it all the way up to the top? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, but you fill it all the way to the top and then you add ice cubes to it so it overflows. Like, it was a whole thing that we started arguing about for like an hour and a half because I'm downstairs in the kitchen trying to make breakfast. And he's walking in and out of the kitchen, like going over to grab paper towels, but not like a normal person where you grab like maybe five or six paper towels to clean up a coffee spill. One sheet, one <laughs> sheet. So he goes, sits down, then he wipes up the spill, then he lifts it up again, and then it spills again. He sets it back down, gets up, and does that five or six times. It's a whole 20 minute process. That's absurd. I literally was like, dude, and I threw the paper towels at him. He's like, I don't like to be wasteful. I was like, you're just spilling coffee all over the place. He goes, 
if the coffee that does not stay in the coffee cup after my process is bitch coffee (laughs) and I don't want to drink it. He said that on a podcast episode and I stared at him and I said, I bet you're a lid man. And then he just goes out of nowhere. No, I fucking hate lids. But that (laughs) that memory is stained into this table that I'm still using today. I could go way out of like it wouldn't even be that much out of my way to go get a better table or design this. But this it just means so much. I still see the stains. I see where my buddy um, was getting really deep on my podcast in the beginning and he was scratching into the table. I still see the, the scratch marks on there. And it has so much memory soaked up into it that if you took this out of here. I would be lost. I remember when someone was trying to design my podcast studio for me. Uh, it was a cousin of mine. He wanted to take the table out. He wanted to toss it to the dump. And I saw it downstairs. And I was like, put that back in the fucking room. Like, I don't mean to be rude, but you don't understand how much that means to me. I've recorded, there's 300 episodes in that thing. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's absolutely nuts. I was looking, I was scrolling through through your episodes. I was like, damn, this is an established guy he's actually like got a hell of a lot of episodes and which is which is cool to see because i think there are a lot of people like podcasts isn't pod i'm sure as you know podcasting is a pretty hot trend right now like everybody's trying to do it and to see somebody who's actually seems to be getting some momentum with it is cool so yeah man keep it up it was funny because um someone pointed out to me recently they're like you're like conversations with rob i was like i mean i guess that's what another name for this podcast could be he goes no you know there's a guy called conversations with rob i'm like what and i thought it was original (laughs) dude he sent me a link to this thing it broke my heart i saw it but then i started looking at him like he's only interviewing people for it he calls it conversations for an hour or something is like the thing which is kind of like how mine is but because i mean it's hard to get more than an hour out of some people but um you know I, i was looking at it i was like why does everybody he talked to have something about them like a certain achievement like everything is like glorified like oh this dude's uh writing or this guy's a professional writer this guy's a professional this professional that professional this i'm like why don't you just talk to people and that's where mine defers it's like i'm talking to people that have something that they just want to talk about or just have a conversation you know we all matter even if you don't have an established achievement if you don't have a college degree i mean shit i could tell you i have a college degree and that doesn't mean anything to me i could wipe my ass with it or use it as a paper plate i don't care yeah what'd you get your degree in i got my degree as a general education degree so it's not really Mm. much (laughs) yeah i mean i've heard some crazy stories about people who get you know these minor degrees like general education or liberal liberal arts and at the end of the day they end up doing some cool shit so i don't it means absolutely nothing as far as i'm concerned i'm going to school and it's like that i'll say i got i talked to people that have a phd or a doctorate degree and they have the doctor in their name but i've never met anybody so idiotic in my entire life at the same time there's just people like that they're street smarts and book smarts you can easily Mm -hmm. do get good grades to pass a test but i look to the people that like me kind of got their knowledge from either talking or just watching i mean you get so much more of the world soaked up into you i mean i've had so many conversations with so many people that like it's definitely exposed me to way more than i definitely need um my headsets like people are like you sound old for your years and i'm like yeah man i'm ready to wrap this shit up dude like i feel like i'm like 85 like my grandfather he's just like i'm still fucking here and i'm like oh yeah, like we love you grandpa he's like i look like a fucking goblin i'm like i don't know what you want me to do man i can't make your life any better he's like just kill me i'm like no I can't make your life any better. <laughs> that's funny. But yeah, I think going back to the college thing, because that's a fun topic. I think like if there's an industry where having an, a degree matters as little as 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 it does, it's definitely music. Like nobody cares. Like you could go you could go to, you know, any studio in the world and be like, I just got my bachelor's in, in sound. And that's pretty cool. Right. And nobody's going to be like, yeah, man. Oh, my God, that's crazy. Like you you, you, you want to come back for an internship tomorrow? Like it's 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 kind of like it it doesn't it like when i say it doesn't matter like it doesn't matter like we have music people come in we have like a uh, people who are working in the business side of things like publishing or uh work at a label maybe and they kind of talk about it and they're like we don't like they it's kind of funny because they're aware that they're doing a talk at a school so it's obvious that they don't want to be like you guys are wasting your time but like they kind of hint at the fact that they don't really understand. Like they kind of think like these, I know I'm saying like so much cause I'm trying to figure out how to say this. Um, they, they say kind of subliminally, like I can't really imagine 
going to school and learning what I do every day because their their lives are like so complicated. Like they have they have their whole days like from the time they wake up to the time they go to sleep, they're scheduled, plotted out. Like school can't really prepare you for that. And I think that's what they have. They, they're saying for a lot of that, you know, when you're a producer, you get bands in the studio, like they have fights, they get mad at each other. They get, they, they get really annoyed. They get like, Oh, I want to record this part. No, I want to record this. Part. So it's like, it's like your, 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 your dad sometimes it's like, what, what is going on here? And school can't possibly prepare you for stuff like that. And I think that's really what separates you know, I hate to use this expression, but the boys from the men, like you kind of, you kind of separate yourself from your, your ability to actually be your own person and to support yourself and to be around other people. I thought for so long about owning my own company and trying to do something like that, but I would never want to just on the idea of, I could definitely make it thrive and make it really, really good and beneficial, but I just don't have the workaround. I don't want to be a boss. I want to be on the same even plane as everybody and trying to do payments and bills and all this type of stuff. Like, oh, here's your paycheck, being able to do all that. I just don't, I don't have the willpower wantingness to be able to try and understand that. But like my dad, for example, he's been involved in radio and being an executive producer for radio stations, DJing, understands the whole aspect of music. Never went to college on it, never took a class in high school on communication, all these types of people that go. And that's the mindset now is like, you have that on your resume. I'm sure you can agree that if you were a boss hiring somebody for a position, you might look at the degree of like, oh, you have a civil engineer uh, degree or something like that. I'd rather be like, what are you interested in? I'm really passionate about this topic in general. And I will study. I look at that person who has the passion for it. I don't really care about your education on it because if you're truly passionate about something, you're going to do your own research. You're going to put way more time into it. And you're not just going to care about the paycheck. That's when I start looking at a boss like, man, I don't have any knowledge in this background of this job that I'm getting interested in. I've never done anything like this before, but let me tell you something. I've been passionate about it. I understand a lot of it. I've made a lot of my own knowledge on it. Nothing educational wise when it comes to schooling, but I will make sure that I put my time into this. That's what like employers should be looking at because that person's going to make you a hell of a lot more money because they don't fucking mind working the hours to do it. Some people just want to be in there, get the paycheck or just show up and type on a computer all day. I'm like, fuck it. That guy knows porn. Get him to pick out porn people. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I think I think there's something to be said for um, bosses to start considering different things when hiring people, not just being like, "Oh, you have a good resume, you're good." You know, like really sit down and talk to somebody and, what and get the spiel. Classifies as a good resume. What you got? It was an associate's degree. Was like, oh, you're immediately getting hired. No. Now it's a bachelor's. And then when, by the time you get a bachelor's, it's going to be a master's degree. And I'm like, I don't have the fucking willpower or time when people are out here becoming entrepreneurs, taking a shot and then producing something. Next thing you know, they're, they own a coffee company. They own a hot sauce company. They own whatever. It just goes on and on and on. I'm like, we're living in a world now where just going to school and living that nine to five lifestyle doesn't mean shit. Yeah, uh, I think I think a good resume comes down to a piece of paper that shows that you're a passionate person like it doesn't have to be like oh i went to yale and i have a 4.0 like it's it's more like it it's it's demonstrates that you give a shit about what you do that you're that you're you know you can put down multiple things that especially like the more self-starting it is like you could just talk about hey i did this i did this i did this and before you know it you have a decent list of things that prove that you're you care about what you're doing I, I just put on like if I was an employer, I put like a good five question thing, like on a scale of one to 10, like, are you here for the paycheck or do you actually care about this? And like, be honest, I'm not going to dish you for your cheap answer. And they're like, I'm here for the paycheck. I'm like, cool. Um, you know, what are you trying to get out of this? Are you trying to use this as another job platform? Just simple questions like this or something to figure out where their headspace is at. So, you know, you understand what they're trying to go through and set them up for that way. If, you know, it doesn't seem like they vibe or they fit with you. Plus, you want to have a good work environment where you can vibe with the people, too. I've been in so many work environments where I'm like, wow, you really are an asshole. Like, just looking at people, I'm like, how did you get that way where you're very, very selfish? And it's like, because you think you're better than everybody because you hold a college degree. I'm like, dude, I have a college degree, but I can tell you right now, that doesn't mean shit. But just because my ordained minister's license under the United Church of Bacon means more to me. <laughs> way more effort i put into that in schooling i just kind of did the schoolwork and stuff and with that one i had to go argue with my maryland courthouse for an hour and a half and spend 45 dollars trying to convince this woman that it's a legit license <laughs> how to get the freaking p mailed people to email her and shit 
She was like, <laughs> I can't believe this is a real thing. I was like, you're telling me. <laughs> That's fantastic. So it's just putting in the effort. Same thing you probably do with your music. You just put in the effort to create something, whether you're in the headspace yep. forward, whether you're feeling something or not, just putting in that time and making sure that, you know, you're not leaving anything out too. I mean, you probably sometimes have to walk away a little bit and come back to it. Oh yeah. Yeah. You definitely find yourself having, especially when you're sitting there for, you know, six, seven hours, you, you just have to get up and go take a walk somewhere that I have a park nearby that I go to all the time. So it's, it's nice to clear your head for sure. And you come back with an entirely fresh perspective. And it's funny, you'll probably have the opposite effect too. Like you'll be in the middle of something that's so like you're on fire right now. Like, holy shit, like this, I got this creative juices flowing. Then you don't want to get up to go leave. So you'll sit there like I've had that doing in a podcast before I had to take a shit. And I'm like, oh my God, I got to go. Like it's coming out now. Like I'll be more than happy. Like, you know, like trying to get the, like trying to wrap it up or something. You'll just hear me randomly go, well, thanks so much for listening. And then it's like, you know, that whole thing. But like, even with editing a podcast, you're getting something going, you're getting some, like you're right in the mojo spot. And if you get up, you know, it's going to be gone, man. That's, that's when you see somebody truly care about something. If you're willing to shit your pants over creating something, then I will hire you for my business. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I think I think there's something to be said for just not letting the momentum go away. And I think the people that truly feel the momentum are like, I'm not getting up until I'm dry. You know what I mean? I'm not getting up until the diapers are filled. <laughs> until the diapers are filled. And that's I we're talking about people that run down the hallway as Naruto style. Guess what? Those yeah. people that play World of Warcraft and don't want to get up and just wear depends all day. Maybe they got it figured <laughs> out or maybe they're just batshit crazy. I don't know. I love that you have the adult diaper brand <laughs> just right there. Do they have they have adult diapers not just for elderly people, but I'm pretty sure they have them for like guys in their 30s. I mean, I don't know why <laughs> what makes an adult diaper exclusive to elderly people and not just anybody that can fit into it. <laughs> Probably like the hips. By the time you're like 70 years old, your ass is pretty saggy whether you're a guy or a girl. Like, yeah, that's fair. The only reason I know that is because my grandpa, when I was spending summers at his house, like when I was like 14 or 15, he wore like tidy whitey underwears, like the white ones, like you would wear in like in a military old school movie or something. So, yeah. like, you saw a lot of guess, parts of your grandpa you probably shouldn't. And I'm like, <laughs> yo, you're fading, bro. Like, you're, you're, you're oh, heading man. out, man. And I'm like, why don't you just wear boxers? She's like, that's too much freedom. I'm like, you fought for freedom. What do you mean that's too much freedom? He's like, trust me, you don't want that much comfortability when you get my age. Things get tangled up. I'm like, what? Oh, uh, I'm going to need you to elaborate. Yeah, sick <laughs> oh, son God. of a bitch. <laughs> that's so bad. Look, you have these moments in life, and that's what makes them better. You live and you learn. Now I understand that when I turn 60 or 70, I'm going to have to start switching up like to briefs or something. Yeah, you might just have to make some changes. It's like gym class when you wear gym shorts and then you they'd make you do the pacer or they make you run and then you realize, holy shit, I need to stop running because I'm about to pop a you know what. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you, if you haven't sure. had that moment, then you're lying to me. <laughs> Might have been a couple of times. I'll tell you, Sarah Cristali, who wherever the fuck she's at now, man, you do not look like that in a gym class. Oh, you meant that. I thought you were talking about having to take shit. <laughs> No, I don't need to take it. Well, I've had that happen too, but I mean, yeah, like you're yeah, running yeah. and next, you know, you had the freedom of basketball shorts, everything's slapping against whatever. The next thing you know, you're like, I need to take a sit down. They're like, why are you sitting, Rob? I'm like, yeah, just give me a five on the pacer. That's fine. <laughs> not getting up right now. This is going to, it's going to go down it's in like four up. hours anyway. Yeah, it's all, it'll be over soon. I promise. <laughs> Back in the days when you're 15 years old and life's just, there's no answers. You just do it all day. Uh, yeah, it's just, yeah. Okay. So is the message here just yeah. for people to masturbate at home all day? Yep, I think that's it. I think that's, if there's one thing we've gathered from this conversation, it's that. It's, it's beneficial. Sure. Make yourself a nice breakfast, get your protein in and get started. I Yeah. Why, why, what's the point of doing anything else? Welcome to Out of the Blank Podcast. Glad we got here. Well, Julian, I really appreciate appreciate you coming out and doing the podcast, man. If you want to promote anything you want to promote, such as your YouTube channel, your band page, anything you want. Okay, cool. Thanks, man. Yeah, thank you for having me. This has been a good time. Um, uh, you could help follow me at, at Beneath the Bunk on Instagram. That's where I'm most active. I also have a Facebook page, but I don't really post there. 
Um, I have a YouTube channel. If you just go to my Instagram, you'll find everything because everything is in the link in my bio. But I also have a solo project called Poems of Sorts and Pathetic Fallacy at Path Fallacy Band and at Poems of Sorts um, for both those things. I like it. I like I like what you messaged too when we were talking. You were like, do you have any questions lined up for me? I'm like, my show is all improv and this is how you know it's improv because you hear this. That's that's my <laughs> yeah. Febreze can because I'm Febrezing it up in here. That's, just, yeah, that's dude. a terrible ending for the podcast and we're doing it <laughs> because that's how I roll. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Out of the Blank Podcast and stay tuned for our next episode.